Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. I am excited to be with you today. Today's Friday, and I'm bringing you an old episode this morning from Jarrett Stevens. My friend Jarrett Stevens is the pastor of the Champion Forest Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. And back in uh, May of 21, I had Jarrett on the show to talk about his uh, book that was coming out at the time, The Always God. Jarrett's written two amazing books that have meant a lot to me, The Mountains Are Calling, which is a look at all the different times in Scripture when you had these mountaintop experiences. Really powerful little book. And then The Always God came out in May from my same publisher, Waterbrook. And um, we had a great conversation about how you can take great hope in the fact that God is always God. The reason I'm bringing you this back today is because I want to preface a conversation that I'm having with Jarrett this afternoon by reminding you who he is. I'll release that episode tomorrow, Lord willing. And I just wanted to give you a double dose of this great pastor and teacher, writer, uh, and thinker who's going to give you some some great stuff to chew on um, today with a conversation about the Always God. And if you haven't read it, I would encourage you to check out the Always God. It is a really encouraging book um, and a great look at why you don't ever have to despair when things seem out of control. He's never out of control. When things seem like the world is going crazy, he's never going crazy. When it feels like he's far away, he's really not. He's always God, and he's there for you. And this will help you get some of your brain chemistry going right. If you have some things that you can count on no matter what the, you know, when, remember my book, I've seen the interview when I said faith, doubt, and the things we think we know, and you, you can really lose your hope when the things that you think you know get shattered. And so one of the things that you can always know is that God is always God. He's always there for you. And Jared's going to help us remember that today. Now, just a note, when I release older episodes, sometimes there's a conversation about book giveaways and things like that. The books in this episode that are mentioned have already been given away. So I'm sorry I don't have any new copies. Jared does have a new book he's working on. And when he uh, is ready to release that, we'll have him back on the show. But I'm interviewing or having a conversation with Jared this afternoon. And we're going to talk about some things you can really count on when life is hard and how you can find hope and some things that never shift or change uh, this afternoon. So before that, so you'll hear that tomorrow, I just wanted to give you back Jarrett Stevens um, and this great conversation we had about his book, The Always God, because my friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, but there are some things that you need to know that never change. And one of those is that God is always God. And the good news is that no matter how long you've been suffering under the idea that things are never solid, no matter how many times you've been disappointed by life, no matter how much the bottom seems to fall out from under you, you can always change your mind and you can always remember that God is always God and you can always start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done. If you'd like the show, 
please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. We've had an interesting week around here. As I told you before, Harvey and Lewis, the super pups, got into a brawl with, we originally thought it was raccoons, but the vet thinks it's probably coyotes, and they got whooped. Uh, Both of them have multiple cuts and lacerations, and Harvey's got a big abscess that formed in his mouth because he got bitten right across the face. And So we're going to go out of town for our 15th anniversary and go down to Texas and see the kids and everything, but... We basically had to stay home and take care of these two sedated dogs with all their wounds and issues, and so we've been kind of stuck home. Hey, I'm really excited today because for the very first time, um, my publisher, Waterbrook Multnomah, a division of Penguin Random House, my publicist, Beverly Reichard, reached out to me and said, hey, we have a book coming out on June 1st, and it's by Jarrett Stevens, um, and we think this is a really important and timely book for the kingdom, and we think your audience, your listeners would be benefited and blessed by it. Um, do you want to have them on your show? So I went and looked at Jarrett's work, and they sent me an advanced copy of his new book. Um, his previous book I also got, and it's amazing. Um, Jarrett is a pastor in Houston area, and uh, as I got into uh, figuring out who he was and what he was all about. I I found his bio. He's the senior pastor of the Champion Forest Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, one of the largest churches in America, a big church. Um, And his first book was called The Mountains Are Calling, and it's a devotional book about all the mountaintop experiences in the Bible. But his new book has a, a really compelling title, The Always God. He hasn't changed and you are not forgotten. You know, Psalms 90, 90 verse 2 says, From everlasting to everlasting you are God. And Hebrews thirteen eight says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God is always God. And no matter what you're going through, what you're dealing with, your dogs get attacked, your Facebook account gets hacked, you find a bad biopsy, something bad happens to you, God is still God. It doesn't always feel that way. Sometimes times are really uncertain. In the last couple of years, certainly, we've all gone through a lot. But the always God is always there. He hasn't changed. And so if you're feeling distant from God, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show, there may be some reason for it. Go hunt for why you're feeling distant because it's not that he's changed and it's not that he's left you. This book is a message of hope for an anxious time like the one that we're living in now. He never changes. He's still here. He's ready to transform our lives. We just have to ask if we're ready to respond to him. You know, in turbulent times like 2020 and 2021, a lot of people are wondering where God is, what he's up to, why he doesn't seem to be intervening. Where are you, God? I can tell you that Lisa and I asked those questions after we lost Mitch, our son, in 2013. We're shaking our fists and asking God, what's going on? Where are you? Why did you abandon us? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me, right? I know you've said those things before. And God's performed miracles in the Bible, but where is he now? What about us? Well, this book, and the always God, he hasn't changed, and you are not forgotten. Pastor Jared Stephen is going to tell us that God is always present, God is always working, and God is always faithful. He's always present, he's always working, and he's always faithful. He never quits, he never leaves, he never gives up, and this book is going to invite you to just be still quiet yourself and listen to the God who does not change or ever forget you. And that will change everything. It did for us. He's going to ask you some questions in the book. Do you wonder if God has forgotten you? Do you wonder where he's up to what he's up to and where he is? 
And he's going to respond by telling you why he wrote the book. Hey, he says, I wrote the book for you because I've been where you are. As a pastor, I walk with people who are where you are. In the midst of trial, you need to be reminded that God is always God and need to be remi- you need to be reminded and invited to journey with him to a place of greater assurance and intimacy, regardless of how things may feel or seem. God is always the same. And you can always trust him. Listen, Jared's got some credibility here. He's going to reveal some things about his story. He went through some really hard things as a child, the really terrible things that no child should ever have to experience. And he survived them because of God's faithfulness. And even in those worst moments, God was always God for him. So take a few minutes and listen to this amazing conversation, wide-ranging conversation that we had, and cover we, we covered the ground of why he wrote the book and what his story is and all kinds of things about how you can really come to grips with the idea that God is really God. He's going to give us some sound biblical teaching, some comforting guidance, and he's going to help us wrestle with these questions that we all have. Is God listening? Does he see me? Can I have an unwavering confidence that God is always here and always working? Can I get to a place where no matter what happens, I won't be overtaken by doubt or fear or anxiety. Jarrett Stevens prays that you, every reader, all of us, will discover in a personal and powerful way just how faithful the always God really is. So, friend, I'm so excited that we're going to get to know Jarrett Stevens today. And we're going to get to remember that God is always God. He is the always God. And as always, we're going to start today. Pastor, would you pray for us before we get started? I'd love to. So, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for Dr. Warren and just this work that he's doing. And uh, Lord, I look forward to just hearing more about his story of how he started this and God, what led to it. And I pray for him and his ministry. And that's exactly what this is. And for all the people that will listen to us uh, talk today, God, if there's one person that it helps, that it benefits from a spiritual perspective, then Jesus, we're going to trust you uh, to just get it to the exact person that it needs to be. And so I thank you. Uh, for what you're doing in this moment and what you'll do in the next few minutes together. And we just dedicate this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm excited to have Jared Stevens, Pastor Stevens, an author uh, in the Houston area. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his book with a really compelling title, The Always God. Welcome to the show, Jared. Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Warren. Pleasure to be with you. Great. You got to cut that out, man. It's Lee. You got to call me Lee. (laughs) I'll try. I'll try, man. You earned that that doctorate, man. So I'm giving you props. I understand. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about how you came on the title, The Always God. Yeah. Well, I wrote this book during the quarantine, uh, at the start of the quarantine last year. Yeah. And uh, I was at a place in my own life where I'd been serving at a church for 20 years, the same church. I started as an intern, moved up to an associate, was then the teaching pastor of this church. And I knew God was stirring in my heart uh, and just, um, longer story, but I just knew that he was getting ready to transition me to my next role in life, whatever that was going to be. And I had no idea what it was going to be. And, you know, we were going through this quarantine and then I felt this unsettling in my spirit. And, uh, you look at the scripture and the one constant in life is God. He never changes. Um, And so that whole idea of, man, here we are in lockdown. People are saying, God, do you see what's going on? Are you hearing me when I cry out to you? Uh, We look at their own personal situations in life like I was in where there was this unsettling and you knew God was stirring something in you. And so uh, it just led to this message that I had to get out on paper that he is the always God. And the subtitle, I think, really makes the book. He hasn't changed. 
and you're not forgotten uh, because that's what it's all about. God, the eternal God hasn't changed. He's still moving just as he did in the past. And, uh, and, and we're not forgotten. His, his eye is on us. He sees us, he hears us. And so I just worked that out through the book. That's right. You know, 2020 was a year where a lot of people kind of felt forgotten, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. You know, you're looking up and you're going, God, what, what is going on? Do you see me? Uh, we pray and we ask God to move or intervene. And our prayers sometimes don't seem like they're going past the ceiling of the room that we're in at the time. Uh, or you hear your friends go, man, God's really speaking to me. And you're thinking, well, he ain't speaking to me. What was going on? And so uh, it causes you to question. Uh, and then, you know, uh, you, you look around and go, God, you know, I see, I read these stories in the Bible of how you moved in marvelous ways, incredible ways, life-changing ways, but I'm not getting any of that in my life. And so sometimes we think either he's changed or something's wrong with me. And this book unpacks that message that, look, God hadn't changed and there's nothing wrong with you. God is still moving. God is still working. And we just uh, unpack all that in the book. Well, give us a practical example of that. There's somebody out there listening today that that's going to feel lost or feel forgotten or unseen. Like, What's something practical you can give us to help that person just today before they even have a chance to read your book? Yeah, great. So I have a chapter uh, called uh, God Comforting the Lonely or Helping the Lonely. And, um, you know, loneliness, uh, we know uh, during this pandemic has just skyrocketed. I mean, cases of depression and anxiety have, uh, have, have just gone through the roof. Suicides. I mean, we have, we have uh, uh, in Japan, they, had, they appointed a government position as, as to be the minister to loneliness. Uh-huh. And, and, and the whole job is to try to reach out to people and make them, and they're not the only country that's done this. Uh, England did it in 2017, a wow. minister appointing a government position, minister of loneliness. And so, you know, there's a lot of people who have felt so alone, elderly, they hadn't been able to see their kids or their grandkids, uh, our teenagers, the most connected generation in the world. And yet you survey them and across the board, uh, I think it's 71% of millennials and 79% of generation Z say they feel lonely. And so, uh, you know, one practical thing uh, I write about in the book is, hey, get alone with God. There's a difference between being lonely and being alone right. and get alone with God and you won't feel so lonely uh, because when you're alone with God, that's where he reinforces his promises. That's where he speaks to your heart. And so I really talk about fighting for that time alone with the Lord in solitude uh, because we have to get alone in order to not feel alone. I love that. Um, Jesus showed us that where he was always, even in the busiest times of his ministry, he would sneak off and make sure he got that alone time. Lee, in my first book, The Mountains Are Calling, I go through these mountains in scripture uh, because you think about it. God did so much on mountains, Mount Moriah, Abraham, and God teaches him that I will provide. You have Mount Sinai where God delivers the law. And uh, there we have the tutor that gets us to Christ, Mount Carmel in the Old Testament, Elijah in the battle of the gods. I mean, all these epic mountain scenes in the Bible, and I unpack them in the mountains are calling. Well, you get to the New Testament. Jesus' first sermon was on the side of a mountain. It wasn't in the synagogue uh, or the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, He uh, was transfigured on a mountain. Uh, He ascended from a mountain. His promised return is to a mountain. So much on the mountains. But one of the things that he always did, Luke's gospel says, just what you just said, he would oftentimes get away to a desolate mountain, the scripture says, and pray. And it's just if Jesus, the son of God, needed to get alone with his father, how much more do we need to get alone with God and spend time with him? Amen. That's that's really powerful teaching. Um, You know, you mentioned your first book, and 
in your first book, I've been reading excerpts from that too this past week. Um, you tell a story of, of some things that happened to you when you were a child. Um, and it, unpack that just a little bit because I think it'll help people. You know, one of the things that happens to writers and preachers and doctors, people perceive that we have it all together and that we've had this perfect life and everything's been great. And, and so they don't necessarily know that they can relate to somebody like me and you, but you've got a story that I think is a powerful redemption story to show God's faithfulness. And can you share some of that stuff with us for a minute? Absolutely. And, you know, I mentioned, I briefly mentioned it, uh, throughout the Always God book, and I spent a chapter on it in the Mountains Are Calling book. Uh, and I tell this story a lot, uh, Dr. Warren, because I know just what you said. I want people to understand, you know, from a, a pastor preacher standpoint, we don't have it all together. And God is, uh, you know, any person, I think Tozer said it, anybody that God has used greatly has been wounded deeply. Yes. And for me, uh, the story uh, on the mountains are calling. I was writing this book and the uh, publishers, you know how this works with coming out and say, hey, we need you to do, you know, one extra chapter uh, to add to this and one extra mountain. And I'm thinking, well, I, what mountain do I choose? You know, and and I, I've been to Israel a number of times and I've always noticed that uh, the Garden of Gethsemane is on the Mount of Olives. And the Garden of Gethsemane is where Jesus went the night that he was betrayed and arrested. And, you know, it's just that whole picture of the olive press. And, you know, to get the oil out of the olive, it has to be squeezed, it has to be pressed. And so I thought, you know what? Uh, I wrote The Mountains Are Calling, talking about having a mountaintop experience with God. But I guarantee you, nine out of 10 listeners listening to me and you talk today, if you ask them when they were closest to God, it wasn't a mountaintop experience. It was a valley experience. And, you know, the Bible says in Psalm 34 that God is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are contrite in spirit. And so I wrote this chapter uh, on the Garden of Gethsemane uh, being on on a mountain, because oftentimes when you look back at those times of crushing, when you look back at those valley times, if we're talking about a mountaintop experience, meaning the nearness of God, sensing his closeness more than ever, well, again, most of the times it's times of brokenness. For me, and the story that you're referring to and that I write about in the book is I was sexually abused between the ages of 8 and 12 by a little league coach uh, that I played baseball uh, under and never told a soul uh, until I was 19. Uh, I was raised in a great home by a godly mom and dad who loved the Lord. And um, this was in the 80s. And so, you know, it was just a different day then as it relates to uh, uh some of the things from a, you know, ch- abuse standpoint, uh, you know, it just wasn't a big deal in the eighties, like it is in the papers and all over the TV and just the guards, you know, there right. was just Secret. probably a more trusting society. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I was abused, never told anybody until I was 19. And, uh, and I tell people, you know, when I finally came forward and the Lord allowed me to share it with a youth pastor that was very influential in my life. And he was really wise. He said, Jerry, you don't have to tell this to anybody. You're 19 years old. You're, you're adult. But I really encourage you to tell your parents. And I'd made a deal with the Lord, Lee, that if I come forward and share this secret that was that was haunting me, and I was serving at the time as an intern in my home church in uh, Bossier City, Louisiana, and I was driving down the road one day, and I saw that I was driving into the church office, and I saw the coach uh, that had coached me all those years and abused me driving down the same the different side of the road as me, and he had two kids in the car. Uh. And it was at that point where 
the Holy Spirit was just on me and I was growing. I was called to ministry and it was just the Holy Spirit was just in church. You got to deal with this. You got to deal with this. You got to get what is dark into the light so that you can be healthy and you can help a lot of people. Uh, and so uh, I shared that with my student pastor and I'd made a deal with the Lord that, God, this is bigger than me. I don't know what to do. So I'm going to tell the person I trust the most and whatever they tell me to do next, I'm going to do what they tell me to do. And I'm going to consider that's from you. Yeah, And so, man, it worked out as only God could have it because my student pastor said, I want you to tell your parents. I didn't want to tell my parents uh, because I knew it would break their heart. They were very involved in my life, engaged in my life, and I knew it was going to kill them. This coach was in our home at times. I mean, he was a family friend. And so I told them and they said, Jared, we want you to tell the authorities. And so I said, "Okay, I didn't I'm going to do what the next person tells me to do. I told the authorities. And, you know, ultimately, uh, justice ended up taking place uh, because, uh, you know, I do believe that that justice needed to take place and we needed to get him off the streets. And so he was arrested and put in prison for uh, the crimes. But also it allowed for a confrontation between me and him to happen where I was able to forgive him and uh, share the gospel with him. And, you know, this I tell people all the time, you know, as it relates to forgiveness, you know, if if you're working on forgiveness, you are. I think some people think I could never forgive that person for what they did. Uh, And I understand that. And you're never going to be able to forget something like that. I mean, I'll never be able to forget what he did. But um, you know what? When I brought it, what was dark into the light, I tell people that night, my parents probably didn't sleep a, a, a week that night. I slept like a baby for the first time in years yeah. because yeah, free. I got, yeah, I was free. And in, in that verse, Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, uh, where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are tired and have heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Sure. And I'm telling you, God gave me such, not just a soul rest, but physical rest when I was able to do that. And so, wow. you know, that's, that's the other part of the always God, uh, Dr. Warren is, you know, you think, do you see me, God? Did you understand? Did you see when I was going through this? Did you, you know, why did you not, why did you allow this to happen? And what I found is, you know, God allowed this to happen in my life. And because he has also enabled me to forgive and to, uh, over time move forward. I can't tell you the number of times where I've shared this story and the amount of people that it's helped. Uh, and so I just look at that and go, man, what, what a grace, that God would have, you know, he allowed it to happen, but what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. And he has earned it to where it's a real ministry for people. That's right, man. That's a powerful story. And and I asked you to share it for a couple of reasons. One, the the people who listen to my podcast, um, they are a group of people who are dealing with hard things. And, you know, nobody wakes up one day and decides that they want to make their writing career about pain, you know, but that's just what my my career, as it turns out, as a writer has been about um, PTSD from the Iraq war uh, and then dealing with the uh, hopelessness of brain cancer and lots of my patients and, and the loss of our son when he was 19. And so, I, you know, I turned out to write books about pain. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's not a happy subject. But but what we found is by being vulnerable and telling your stories, you you heal. God uses that vulnerability to heal that place in you, but also like you said, magnifies his grace and his redemptive power to thousands and millions of other people. And so praise, you know, praise God and and bless you for your willingness to share that story because somebody listening to this today is going to heal something or break something open or be willing to talk about something because you shared and and were willing to step up and do that. So thank you. Lee, I've I've shared this story and I'm telling you not one time, not one time have I shared it in a public setting. 
where somebody didn't come up afterwards and say, you know what, that happened to me. I've never said anything. And you're right. When you talk about it, there's a healing part of that. Um, and, you know, the scripture says we are to comfort others with the comfort with which we've been comforted. Right. And so there's a ministry in that people, people, I was told early on in preaching, man, you preach to hurting hearts. You'll never lack for an audience and because there's always people going through pain, always people going through hurt. And uh, I just think, you know, we need to tell scars, tell better stories than trophies. That's right. So That's beautiful, I, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna use some of these lines I'm stealing from you today. Yeah, take them, man. <laughs> so the other reason I wanted to I wanted to, to go down that path and talk about that stuff um, is that you for a 19 year old kid to be as together as you were, you 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 were choosing a path to follow the Lord to go into ministry. You you didn't sit with your problem and let it destroy you, and that that has to have something to do with the Holy spirit and the relationship that your parents and you know, introduced you to in, in your home. But talk about that for a minute, how we really have a choice when we, when we're victimized or when we go through something hard, like it doesn't feel like you have a choice, but you do, you can, you can choose to remain a victim or you can take power and step, let the Lord lead you through that. And that's what you've done. Yep. I, I, I credit it uh, to two things and you mentioned them both. One is the, the Holy spirit. I trusted Christ at 11 years of age. So during the abuse, when the abuse was going on is when I trusted Christ. And so I cannot, um, I couldn't put, uh, I mean, just the, the overwhelming sense of, uh, just the sacredness of God, if you will, coming into my life at that time. I think really his grace protected me in a lot of ways. And yeah. then the second thing is my, the, my relationship with my parents. I had a very involved mom and dad in my life. And so um, they were actively engaged in my life uh, and very present, never missed a ball game, never missed a practice. Wow. And so I credit those two things uh, with really helping me through it. But you're right. You know, as a Christian, when you're dealing with things that happen to you, there's a, in something like abuse. You deal with a lot of shame and guilt. And I deal with this in a chapter of my book in the always God called me because God is always at work. He's always forgiving the guilty is a chapter. Yeah. And what happens is we feel guilty and we feel shame. And as a Christian, you have a responsibility in that moment to listen to the, to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is going to convict of sin. He's going to convict of unrighteousness and righteousness. And the enemy is going to condemn. Okay. So, the, right. so the, you have a choice. Am I going to listen to the enemy? Or am I going to listen to the spirit? And the enemy is always condemning at the point of identity. So, so he looks at it and says, you're dirty. He looks at that, that how you were sinned against. You're dirty. You have a problem. You're never going to be loved. It's all, the enemy's always condemning at the point of identity. Yes. The whole spirit is always offering conviction at the point of behavior. You know, when we, when we sin against God, man, it's, it's always a coming alongside. He's the paraclete. You're bad. Man, that's not who you are. Right. Uh, you know, that was a sin against God. There's a totally different, the one, the accuser of the brethren, the other is the one who comes alongside. And so you have a choice as a Christian who you're going to listen to. And if you listen to the voice of the enemy and condemnate, what's going to happen is you're going to feel more and more condemned and you're going to feel more and more shame. And that cycle just continues over and over and over and over. And if you listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, what happens is you start confessing things, 
bringing that which is dark into the light, whether it's something you did or what somebody did against you. And that's what leads to freedom. And so it's all starts at who you're going to listen to. Are you going to listen to the spirit? Or are you going to listen to Satan, the enemy? And, and that choice is so very important. And that's why it comes down to getting in the word of God, listening to not going off of what we feel, but off the truth of what God's word says. Amen. Um, listen, friends, um, um, I'm going to start posting your sermons instead of my episodes. That, that was, you were oh, no. my heart there. Um, that was amazing. So, you know, the, you're right. When we lost our son, there was so much pain. And, and as a parent, you, you blame yourself for all kinds of things and you go back in your mind and every, you know, moment, could I have done more? Could I spent more time? Could, you know, I wish I hadn't missed that ball game. Um, you know, all those things. And, and the enemy gets all up inside your head and tries to destroy you. And, and what Psalm 34, 18 says is the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Like he comes alongside you, just like you said, and he starts ministering and trying to, trying to do some heart surgery and, and just mend you. And so when, when you feel that shame, that's not the Lord. Like the, the, the Lord does not shame you. He reminds you of truth and reminds right. you of the path that's better. And so thank you for, thank you for that testimony and, and yeah, sharing. Well, that. well, Romans 8, 1, right? There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And now is in the present tense, meaning right now, five minutes from now, five years from now, when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. That's and right. so there's therefore now no condemnation. So a lot of what I talk about in the always God is, and we cannot live off of our feelings. You know, our feelings are like an EKG heart chart. They're up, down, up, down, up, down. And I tell people all the time, man, if I ate every time I felt hungry, I'd be 350 pounds, right? Uh, we right. can't live off of feelings. We have to live off the truth of God's word and who he says that we are. And I'm not right. saying feelings aren't legitimate. They just don't need to be the engine of our life. They need to be the caboose. And uh, as you give your life and your mind, your mind plays such an important role in giving it to scripture. And so, right. uh, yeah. yeah, we spend a lot of time here talking about neuroscience as a you know, neurosurgeon is sort of my thing, but that the Bible had it right all along when Paul talks in Philippians four about, you know, set your mind on, on these things. Like think about the beauty and good and, and, and kind, you know, good thoughts. And when you think about better things, your brain chemistry improves and then you feel better. And then your body does better things and your heart does better things. And you, you live out a better life. So it's, get your feelings under control with choosing how you think. That's right. Prepare your mind for action. Uh, first, uh, Peter says, put on the helmet of salvation. Right. Take every thought captive, Second Corinthians 10. I mean, right. you could go on and on and on. Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by transformed. the renewing. So much about the mind. Renewing of your mind, that's right. Hey, so when you were going through that hard time and all the years that you carried that and all the years since, um, there were times probably when you felt far from God and you couldn't hear him. Um, help, help somebody out there who right now is in the middle of something and they don't, they, they don't understand what you mean when you say God is always God. Like they're lost and they're far away. How, how do they find him? I do the, the book in three parts. God's number one is always here. So uh, that means he's always, he's always seeing our situation. He's always hearing us when we cry out to him. And he's always speaking through his word. That's kind of what I tackle in that verse. And, you know, the Bible tells us that uh, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Psalm 90, verse 2, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. So God is always here. And so uh, in the always hearing section, you know, the Bible, uh, it says when we when we pray to him, for instance, God is never going to disregard someone who humbly in faith cries out to him. 
That's right. Uh, but the scripture does say, and, uh, or Isaiah says this, his arm is not too short to save, nor his ear right. too dull to hear, but your sins have separated you from here that I cannot hear your voice. And so sometimes, you know, we're praying, we're living our lives and we think, God, why aren't you speaking? And the reality is, and I'm not talking about the person who's going through a broken time. I'm talking about the person who's living in rebellious sin against him. You're crying out and trying to get to God. Well, when you're living on your own terms, doing your own thing, being your own God, um, you know, there's a reason God's not hearing your prayers. For the person who uh, is just going through the brokenness of life, you know, C.S. Lewis said in that pain, that's God's megaphone, right? Like God has, he's speaking to you. Uh, but sometimes uh, we'll only listen, and I'll give you an example of this, Dr. Warren. We'll only listen when, it, it's like the only time we ever see God is when we're on our back and forced to look up, you know? <laughs> and that's why so often God allows a tragedy or a trial in our life because that, that's, the, that's the time where we, we look up and we think, oh, okay, now I'll listen. So like I wrote a chapter on uh, the second part about God working. And so I tell about my brother who, my brother and I, we grew up in the same home, obviously, went to the same vacation Bible school, same church camps. Well, when he went off to college at the University of Southern Mississippi, he joined the Pike Fraternity House and he left church and God in, in his rearview mirror. Well, for 17 years, I prayed for my brother uh, to come back to Christ. I mean, I went to Bible school. We're living two totally different lives. Uh, and we're a close family. I'd get with him at summer vacations and we'd go play golf and I'd try to talk to him about his relationship with the Lord. And all he'd say is, Jared, save it, save it. Wow. And he just didn't want to talk about it. And there was no fruit in his life. And uh, I just remember uh, 17 years I prayed for him, Dr. Warren. Well, my grandfather, who we're close to, passed away. And we go to his funeral. And we were extremely close to my grandfather. He passes away. We go to his funeral. And for the first time ever, my brother says, you know what, Jared, I really need to get back in church. And I said, Eric, look, I don't know about much, but I know about church. Why don't you uh, why don't you go to a church that we help plant in New Orleans? My church in Dallas helped fund this church and get it started. I knew the pastor well. I said, go two times. And if you don't like it after going two times, I'll never talk to you about it again. Wow. Well, Eric decides to go to that church. Something only God could do. But what I didn't know is that Eric's wife was getting ready to leave him and the brokenness that happened in my brother's life because of a divorce and because of my grandfather passing away, what happened? God rattled him. God got his attention. And I remember Eric calling me after about two weeks of going to church. And he said, Jared, I got to get my life right. And I said, Eric, listen, you're going to, you got two chances here. You're either going to bow your neck and get prideful and arrogant and God will break you. Or you're going to bow your knee and humbly give your life to Christ. And gratefully, Eric gave his life to Christ. I went down in uh, that same year, and I preached at the church that we helped plant, and then I baptized my brother in the back of a pickup truck in New Orleans, Louisiana, and his life had never been the same. And so, but what was it that started it? It was was a tragedy. It was a divorce. It was a time of brokenness. And so for people who are broken and say, I don't feel like I'm, I'm hearing God, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, I'm telling you, God's never been more near. And if you'll just be silent, I promise you, God, God's speaking to you. He'll get your attention. Wow. That's a powerful, that's a great story. I love it. Love, love how God uses the hard things in our lives to get our attention sometimes. And always there's a path back. Always. He never stops just being a loving father. He's a good father. Thank you for sharing that. 
what, what's the takeaway? Like, like if somebody was going to say, okay, give me 10 second elevator pitch to buy your book or, or I'm out. Like, what, what do you say? What's the takeaway? Uh, I would, I would say, I'd just give them the subtitle. I'd say, you know what? Um, God hasn't changed and he's working in your life. You're not forgotten. I just give them that subtitle, uh, Lee, because I think that says it all that God sees what you're going through. He hears you when you're crying out to him. He's speaking to you through his word. He's working in ways you could never imagine. If you're anxious, if you're lonely, if you're fearful, uh, I deal with all of these mental and emotional health issues in the book, how God is is actively working in your life. And then the last chapter, man, he can be trusted and you never have to lose your hope in him. And that's what I talk about in one of the last chapters is that God can always be trusted. He can always be trusted. And I talk about why is that. So, friend out there listening, I can tell you this is a book that you need to read. Um, 2020 brought us all a lot of pain, isolation, worry, um, just so much uncertainty. And 2021 so far, I mean, it, it's not a whole lot different. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on in the world, but God is always God. And Jared, how do how do um, how do people get a hold of you if they want to connect with you? What's the best way for people to find you online? Uh, you can follow me at Jared Stevens on Twitter, at Jared Stevens on Instagram. I love being able to meet people and get the message of this book out. And you know, I also film my story about the sexual abuse on a website called I Am Second. Uh, yeah. So you can go to IamSecond.com and see more of that story and. You know, anybody out there listening, if there's anything that I can do personally, uh, feel free to, to reach out to our church. Jay Stevens at uh, CFBC.org is my email, and I'm more than happy to get in contact with anybody. Jay Stevens at CFBC.org. Careful. This audience will reach out. They'll pray for you. We got great people, community all over the world, and you'll you'll have some folks that will follow you and, and, and connect with you. And there's a lot of people in the Houston area. If you need a church home, go check out uh, Champion, right? Um, so I'm going to post all those links. I've watched the I am second yeah, video and it's beautiful. So thank you for sharing and your vulnerability. Thank you for writing this book. That's going to be important to the kingdom. Uh, have any last, uh, last little words of wisdom for us today, pastor? No, not really, man. It's just been great talking with you, Dr. Warren. And I look forward to, uh, following you more in the days ahead and thank you for your work, uh, in what you're doing. It's making a difference. And, uh, I resonate with just your message of, uh, you know, speaking hope in the midst of pain. That's what, that's what we're all about. And God, it's a remind. the pain is a reminder that this world is not home and right. we're just passing through. And so I just want to make sure that we're living for what really matters. Amen. That's a beautiful, beautiful message. And I appreciate your time today. Uh, I'm really grateful for Beverly Reichard, uh, who's our mutual publicist at uh, Waterbrook Multnomah. And she reached out to me and she said, you know what? you two guys would really connect like you guys, you need to have uh, pastor Stevens on your show. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm grateful that you uh, had the time and took it and spent this a uh, little bit of this afternoon with us. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Let's do this again soon. We will. Thank you. God bless pastor. Well, friend, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I learned a lot from pastor Stevens. He's a great preacher. I might just start using some of his clips for some of these episodes. Um, and I'd love to hear him preach. If you're in the Houston area, go check out champion forest Baptist church. Um, and I, I imagine that you would be greatly blessed by hearing him preach in real life. And it uh, sounds like a good faith community that they've got going on down there in Houston. I've got some cousins in the Houston area. If you're looking for a church home, go check out Jared Stevens Church in Houston. Hey, I'm really grateful that you spent this time with us. Um, Jared's got a broken story like all of us do, but boy, God is always God, isn't he? He is always God. I'm really grateful that we had an opportunity to spend some time with him. Thanks to Bev Rackard and Waterbrook uh, Multnomah for the opportunity to sit down, uh, sit down virtually <laughs> with Jared. Uh, and I just, I'm very grateful. Hey, 
don't forget God is always God. And when you don't feel like he is, you need to start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.